Hey there, Jonathan Bailey Strong here, host of this podcast and founder of Spotlight Podcasting, the agency that does all the production behind the scenes for the show. Now, I wanted to let you know before we start that we are actively seeking guests for this podcast. So if you are or you know of an established consultant that's doing over six figures in business annually, please send them our way. All they have to do is head on over to leadersofconsulting.com forward slash guest. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting. Today I'm here with Will Backman, who is the co-founder of Umbrex, a community for independent consultants. Prior to starting Umbrex, Will was a nuclear trained submarine officer, which I'm going to ask him about because I haven't heard that story before, (laughs) and also a consultant at McKinsey & Company. He's also graduated from Harvard College and has an MBA from Columbia Business School. So Will, thank you so much for coming on the show. Jonathan, it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. And actually, one thing I should have added is that you're also the host of the Unleashed podcast, which is one of my favorites. So it's interesting to hear you host a podcast quite often and now actually have you on the show. So so thanks for that. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, the uh, subtitle is uh, it's Unleashed, How to Thrive as an Independent Professional uh, Wherever You Get Your Podcasts. Yes. I love the fact that you, you share so many resources on it. So I'm looking forward to finding out which one resource you're going to pick from those to share with us today. Uh, but first of all, and that, like I was saying before, we usually don't dwell too much on people's backstories. But I was very curious about the fact that you've been a nuclear trained submarine officer. And I haven't heard that story before. So I'd love for you to tell us how someone went from an experience like that to now finding themselves in the profession and industry of consulting. Sure. Thanks for asking. So it, it did provide good training on uh, how to live in a New York City apartment. <laughs> it's actually a fairly common transition. So if you look at McKinsey, for example, a pretty high percentage of the former military officers who end up joining McKinsey are su- nuclear trained submarine officers from the US Navy, um, because it has a very kind of similar culture Uh, to McKinsey in a lot of ways. So in both cases, there's this obligation to dissent and that's, and there's a, you know, very strong focus on really understanding the material, studying hard. So after college, I was in college, I was in uh, Navy ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps. I had a a scholarship to pay for college from the Navy. So thank you, US government. And then after I graduated, had a year and uh, three months of training on how to run a nuclear power plant, how to run a submarine. Got to my boat in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I was on a fast attack uh, submarine, a Los Angeles class. We made deployments to the North Atlantic and to the Mediterranean. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I stood watch in the engine room, stood watch as officer of the deck, uh, driving, driving the boat around. And um, so I had a great experience, but for me, five years was, was enough time in the military um, it wasn't something I want to do for my whole career, but it was a fantastic leadership learning opportunity uh, after college, you know, learning how to um, you know, operate a billion-dollar submarine and run a nuclear power plant. Uh, so I, I really uh, am grateful for those years of my life. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, do you think some of that training uh, you know, is, is still helpful to these, this day? Are there, are there certain times when you, you think back and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I learned that lesson Absolutely. So, so many of my habits today uh, mm-hmm. derive from that formative period in my life. 
So certainly, you know, a lot of the leadership lessons that I learned watching my superior officers have been important to me. Uh, one was I was the communications officer. And just in terms of an example of a, of a habit, I was a communications officer. So any radio traffic that was going to leave our submarine, any messages we had were going to transmit, I had to go through me for my review. And I reviewed it, and then my boss would review it, and then the executive officer, and then the commanding officer. So I kind of made it my mission in life to never you know, let the commanding officer find some uh, you know, defect or mistake, because it's not like email where you know, if there's a question about it, you can just easily respond. You're only going to be, you know, sending out messages. Uh, I don't, you know, rarely, let's say at that point. So if there, you know, if the shore has a question about what you sent, uh, you, you uh, it's, it, it's not a good thing. So that really trained me to just in terms of how I send emails to be pretty careful about making it clear what the intent is. And uh, it probably made me a little bit more, uh, careful in, in review of documents because my CEO had the you know vision uh, that you could always find some mistake in a document. And then, you know, just in terms of how the military trains people, I think is really best in class. And I've brought that to a lot of the corporate clients that I've served in the qualification process. And I'll just say one more thing about that, which is one thing that the Navy does particularly well is when you get on board they give you a qualification card and say, this is what you need to know, right? And there's maybe 100, 200, 300 different light items you need to get signed off. Some of them are observe this, some are explain this, some are do this under instruction. And I think corporate America could learn a lot from that because it empowers the person to know what they need to learn how to, know, uh, to do. Um, so you kind of go seek out those opportunities and then do them under instruction. Uh, a lot of times in corporate America, it's not so clear what skill sets specifically you need to learn how to do. So creating qual cards is something that we do at Umbrex actually with our internal team of, you know, for each system that we use, for example, here's all the specific uh, tasks that you need to know how to do with it. Uh, so I think it's widely applicable. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's, it's a, a good betting ground for for having a good kind of systematic and, and process-driven approach to things, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, other pieces are just learning the importance of completed staff work. You know, mm. you don't bring a problem to your superior officer, say, oh, there's this problem. You're expected to say, here's a problem. Here's what I've, you know, I've investigated it. Here's three potential solutions, pros and cons of each. This is what I recommend, right? Give me permission to do it and I'll go do it. So completed staff work, the importance of formal communication. So uh, you know, I don't do this in my day-to-day -day life now in terms of the actuality, but the principle of it is important mm -hmm. of making sure people understand. So, you know, if, if we were going to you know, give an order on, on the submarine, you get a formal uh, verbatim repeat back, right? So it's like, you know, the engineering officer watch would say electrical operator to engine room, lower level, open, you know, main seawater, you know, X, and then they report. Two engine room low level, open main seawater X, I. And then they call up engine room low level. This is maneuvering, open main seawater X. And then they say, open main seawater X, engine room low level I. And then they go through the whole thing again once they've done it to repeat that it's confirmed. So having that kind of formal repeat back is uh, you know, a, a useful practice, just making sure that people you know, understand what, what's been requested of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very, very interesting lessons that can be applied there. So 
That said, I'm curious if you could tell us about thinking more about, you know, the, the profession of consulting and obviously, you, you know, with your community, I think you have what, over 800 consultants that are part of that now? Yeah, more like 1,200 now. Yeah. 1,200. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The number keeps changing, changing, you know, over time. But can you tell us from that time, is there a particular tip, tool or strategy that comes to mind when you think of, you know, someone who's new to the community that you might share with them that they should really know about, but maybe they don't if they're new to independent consulting? Thanks for asking. So, Certainly on my podcast, uh, you know, I've shared many individual tips on specific technology platforms, and we could do a whole episode hmm. on that. But rather than sharing any one specific technology tool, um, what I'd say I mentioned is rather a mindset, which is having a mindset of a five-decade time horizon. So... So many people kind of focus on the next quarter, the next month, you know, the short term. But anybody that's able to focus and think and go through life with a five decade time horizon, you're able to make a different set of investments that will have a higher expected return. They may take a longer time, but a higher expected return. So, just both in terms of your own, you know, physical health, making long, you know, longer term investments, but also in relationships. So, you know, a lot of people, for example, in terms of sales and marketing, will focus on you know who are the potential clients today that mm. could hire me, right? And they're going out and trying to just to maybe cold call or reach out to people that um, they're trying to build relationships and then sell work today. Whereas if you think about, I want to build relationships with people that I'll get to keep knowing over the next fifty years, the next five decades, and in some periods of time, I may be able to help them out. And sometimes they may be able to help me out. Sometimes we might be able to collaborate on work together, but surrounding yourself with people that you want to build long-term relationships with is a longer burn, longer investment, but it has very high payoff. Yeah. Uh, I think especially in, in the world of, of B2B as well, sometimes things just tend to take a long time. And yeah, so veering away from the short-termism or the short-term approach is usually a good idea. Yeah. I mean, we have clients that I've known for 15 or 20 years and got to know, you know, at McKinsey, you know, I, I'll give you an example, a client who I knew at McKinsey hmm. who left, you know, started her own consulting firm, was a member of the Umbrex community for a while and uh, who attended events that we or organized. And then uh, we ended up staffing on a project, someone who then took a role as a VP and now she needs help. So you know, she already trusts us and she reaches out uh, for us to help staff up projects for her. So, yeah, 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 that's excellent. So I'm also curious, like if you could point to one particular resource, whether it be book, article, another podcast or something that's had a big impact on you, either professionally or personally, uh, what comes to mind first? Sure. So what comes to mind there is Seth Godin. Mm. I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. Um, his book, Tribes is one that I read in uh, 2018. I'm sorry, I get my decade up. In 2008, when I just uh, left McKin McKinsey to start my own consulting practice, I read Tribes. And that talks about building a community. So that was really what inspired me to start connecting with other independent management consultants, uh, which is eventually what led to Umbrex. So, And I've been reading Seth Godin since 
I don't know, 2004, 2005, since he started his blog um, and had a big impact on how I think about building relationships, building a business over time. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Godin's got quite a few classics out there. Was there something that particularly uh, in tribes that particularly resonated with you? Like one, I don't know, one chapter or, or a phrase of his or anything that really yeah, I think, stuck out? Well, maybe the principle of the book, which is that it's not about the kind of organizer of the tribe being one to many top down sharing some great wisdom, but it's more about bringing people together and helping create the environment where they can connect with one another and share lessons learned and, and collaborate with one another. So that's, I think, the key message of the book and what you know, is the approach that we, that we aim, aim to follow with Umbrex of helping to you know, create a, a community, a place where independent professionals can connect with one another. Yeah. And, and if we focus a little bit more on, on Umbrex, I've briefly you know, introduced it uh, at the very beginning, but I'd love for you to just describe a little bit more about uh, what position do people find themselves in when they join? Uh, where do they come from? What, what are their common characteristics? Uh, if you could paint more of a picture for us. Sure. So, what emerged was when I you know, left McKinsey, and as I mentioned, I read this book, Tribes by mm-hmm. Seth Godin, I knew how to be a consultant from my time at McKinsey, five years there, but I didn't really know how to run a consulting practice. How do you write a proposal? How do you get health insurance? How do you get business insurance? Uh, you know, how do you, um, uh, you know, find clients? What should you charge? So it occurred to me it'd be helpful for myself personally to be connected with other independent uh, consultants. So I started reaching out to folks, organizing some in-person events that grew over time. More people, you know, uh, introduced you know other people that they knew. So fast forward to today, what Umbrex does is on the consultant-facing side, uh, we organize events. We have other opportunities. We have an online forum to allow our members to connect with one another and look for ways to collaborate. We do a ton of uh, in-person events pre-COVID. We're getting back into that now. Uh, during COVID, we've done a lot of uh, virtual events. The What we do with, for the business models, we help our clients find the right independent consultant for their projects. So you know, we built relationships with folks over time. So we're able to quickly find someone who's interested and available and a good fit for a particular project. And that's, you know, that's how we serve our clients. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I, I would imagine that, you know, you, you must provide a quite a, a different uh, solution than, you know, say your typical sourcing firm, or you're able to tap into a much, uh, a much different pool of, of candidates or, or people to pull together on a team. I'm curious, like what, what kinds of outcomes do, do companies see when they, when they go to Umbrex and they, they bring a team together. What makes makes it different from, say, you know, going to one of the the the, the big, larger, you know, consulting firms or, or sourcing houses that typ- yeah. people typically go to? Well, there's definitely a time and a place where it makes sense to hire a global consulting firm, a McKinsey, a Bain, a BCG, mm-hmm. a Deloitte, KPMG, etc. But there's often cases where an executive or leader needs that caliber of talent, but they don't necessarily need the full team of engagement manager plus two associates plus partner overhead, et cetera. So 
yeah. where they want maybe just one person with that caliber of talent. And they'll often tap their personal networks as, as they should, right? But in many cases, the people that they know might not be available or they're staffed on something already. So that where we play is we help those uh, executives who are looking for that caliber of talent find the right independent professional and do it very quickly. Um, so we've kind of done the fixed cost investment over the last 14 years of you know getting to know a lot of people. Uh, so we're able to find people who are interested, available, good fit for the project, usually within 24 to 48 hours. So you know that just sort of reduces friction in the system. Uh, we think it helps independent consultants because they get you know good project opportunities. It helps the clients because they're able to uh, you know very quickly you know find the right person for their project and move on and get started. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um, and I'm curious, what are what are some typical challenges that your your Umbrex members tend to face uh, that come up over and over again? Are there any that rear their heads quite often? I know there's a lot to deal with as an independent consultant, like you've got a lot of yeah. jug- balls to juggle, but are there any that tend to um, surface more often than others? Yeah. So if you're talking about, you know, as an independent professional, probably the biggest challenge that most independent professionals face who are coming into it with experience, with prior experience at a top consulting firm is they usually already know how to be consultants and they may have even, you know, have experience developing work and doing client development. Even, you know, former partners at, at top firms have obviously done that. The biggest challenge I'd say that most people face is just generating the work. They have the skill set to do the work, but finding, you know, good project opportunities that are good fit for them is the biggest challenge that people see. And, you know, while it's great for, you know, for me personally and for Umbrex to help those people, you know, find projects, my hope is long-term that people are able to build their own profile, you know, build their own set of relationships and work with clients directly. Um, And there's a whole set of uh, ways to go about doing that. I'll give a shout out to my friend, uh, David A. Fields. Uh, The very best book that I've read on how to go about this, of how to build uh, a set of clients is David's book, The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients. Uh, I've given out a couple hundred copies of this book um, and I've read it myself three or four times. Very easy, quick read um, and fun to read. So I highly recommend that about how to go about doing it. And uh, I won't, you know, kind of give a detailed view of the book here, but it's about clearly defining what is your value proposition or what it is that you do. A lot of independent consultants, they struggle because they'll sort of just take whatever comes along as opposed to trying to focus on a specific thing. So David talks about defining your fishing line, figuring out who it is you serve and what problems you solve. So you need to get clear on that and have something, a memorable statement of that, that David calls a fishing line. And once you've gotten clarity on what it is that you solve and what you do, then it's building, identifying your core network, your existing core network. So, and having some way to reach out to them that doesn't feel kind of spammy. So uh, one way to do that is by doing outreach phone calls, just checking in with people. How are they doing? and so you need to get the word out and then you need to have a way to stay top of mind. And what you're doing, Jonathan, is, is an example of that. You know, have some reason to stay top of mind. One way to do that is by creating events, you know, human interaction. 
And the other main way to do that is to create content in some form so that you can send it to people that you know and say, hey, here's something I created that might be useful for you. Um, so those are those are some of the challenges. I think the biggest challenge really is that staying top of mind and getting known by people and getting the work. Most people that I know have the skills to do the work. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, I suppose, you know, coming from a consultancy, you, you don't have to deal with that. And then once you're, you, you venture out into the independent professional world, all of a sudden that's, that's something you've just got to completely, you know, kind of figure out and learn. By the way, that, that, that book you mentioned, uh, I, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, like you say, easy to read and quite entertaining and, and they've got good, uh, good illustrations as well. I find the, the comics are yeah. quite funny. <laughs> David, David, appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, to your comment, I'd say it's not something you need to worry about at consulting firms at the junior to mid-level, you know, mm. sort of engagement manager and below. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the partners at McKinsey, Bain, BCG, that's kind of their their job, right, is, 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 is generating the work. Um, but a lot of people come into this independent world where they haven't been at that level. Or even, frankly, folks that were partners at McKinsey, it's a very different world trying to create work yourself as an independent. So even partners from McKinsey, Bain or BCG, it's different because you don't have the brand name, you don't have, you know, inbound leads from clients. And when you're, you know, quote unquote, selling work, you're not selling this full McKinsey team, Bain team, BCG team, you're just selling yourself. So it really is a switch even for people that have experience doing client development at a big firm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Different ball game. And so, and so, Will, I'd love for you to also share, uh, you know, so for someone who's, you know, hearing about Umbrex for the first time and they're interested to maybe learn a little bit more, where's a good starting point? And I know your podcast has what now over somewhere, somewhere around 500 episodes. Is there, is there like a good, good one of those out of those 500 where you, you suggest people start um, listening in to find out more? Yes. Thanks for asking. I would not expect anyone, not even my mom and dad, to <laughs> listen, listen to all 479 plus episodes. Um, if you go to umbrex.com, that's the place to just learn about Umbrex and what we're doing. Hmm. Um, I welcome your listeners to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And in fact, we created a guide on how to set up your own consulting practice it's on our website. We normally charge $500 for access because we really did invest quite a bit in building it. Uh, I'd be happy though, to give you know listeners of this show free access. If you listener reach out to me on LinkedIn, say you heard the show, uh, I'd be happy to give you free access, a discount code to that, to that guide it has 90 videos, a bunch of tools and templates on how to set up your own practice. And then on my podcast, uh, we have a curated set of what we call Unleashed Essentials. If you go to umbrex.com and find the Unleashed page, there's a set of about 15 or 20 that we think are the most practical, best places to start with the show. Thanks. Well, that's that's extremely generous of you, Will. Really appreciate that. And can you also tell our listeners where is the best place if, if they want to connect with you online? It sounds like possibly LinkedIn. Uh, is there anywhere else people should uh, seek you out? Yeah, really, really LinkedIn is the place that's the best place to connect with me. If you just Google, you know, Will Bachman, that's B-A-C-H-M-A-N space Umbrex. If you search for that on LinkedIn, uh, I'll, I'll probably pop up as the, as the first entry. Uh, and I welcome if you just you send me a connection request. But, you know, as always with LinkedIn, you should always customize it at a note. So don't just 
you know, hit connect, but always add a note. Anytime you connect with someone, uh, just explain, Hey, I heard you on the show and, um, and I'll be happy to connect and accept that and also send you access to that guide. Like I mentioned. Excellent. Well, well, it's, it's, uh, been great to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. My pleasure. I love what you're doing and thanks for having me on Jonathan. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're interested in learning more about what it takes to launch a podcast as a consultant, including everything from positioning strategy to how to monetize, be sure to check out our other show appropriately named Podcasting for Consultants. You can find that by searching on just about any podcast player or at the website podcastingforconsultants.net.